Is your business stuck? Tired of leaving money on the table? Are you ready to take it to the next level? Join us as we dive deep into the small business secrets successful entrepreneurs are implementing to see massive results. This is the Business Growth Hacks Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing. Here's your host, Andrew Brockenbush. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of this awesome podcast. Glad to have you guys here every single week listening to us share incredible stories. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Wingman. Wingman's your all-in-one marketing and sales automation software, which will help you streamline your communication, automate your processes, and grow your business. Check them out at trustyourwingman.com. John, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. It's a Friday. We got some cold weather finally, so you know I'm not baking in the sun and I love having it. a great day. I totally love it. And then I need to go camping some more. And I got you guys yeah. to go camping with me a couple of weeks ago. And we had a blast. So we need to do mm-hmm. more of that. Now that the weather is yep. right, it's not going to make us, you know, like you said, bake. It'll be perfect. Yep. Suzanne, we start every show off with an icebreaker. So I'm going to run a sound effect and then we're going to do it. Okay. Let's kick it. Ice, icebreaker. All right. Here's the icebreaker today. What are you leaving in a time capsule to be opened in 50 years? So, Andrew, I am leaving my iPhone. I mean, like, that is yes. like, the best invention ever. And and it's so cool. And, you know, it's funny because my, my son just, um, you know, he, he has a science project and he's making this, like, wind turbine machine. And he mm-hmm. took apart, like, the CD player on, like, my computer. And he thinks it's, like, the coolest thing in the world. And I just can't help but, like, in, like, you know, a zillion years, someone's going to look at his iPhone like, what were these people thinking, <laughs> you know, when they're talking without thing? phones to like their minds or something? Yeah, that's so <laughs> funny that you say that. My my little niece, she's four years old. And the other day she brought me a tape, like a VCR tape. And she's like, do you have something to watch this? And I was like, nope, maybe a pawn shop does. And she's like, what's a pawn yeah. shop? <laughs> I was like, Oh, there's a lot to learn, little one. So much to learn. <laughs> uh, but that was just like so funny. I think I'd want to leave some really, really random stuff to just like throw people off a little bit. I love the iPhone mm-hmm. idea. I might try to pull up back from the archives like a Gigapet to like really like oh, like what? Oh man, what's a Gigapet? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. Um, what is this strange device? I'm trying to think of what else would be really, really like bizarre to put in there that would make people like maybe a printout of some tweets. It's like, just what? Cause I, cause you imagine like 50 years in the future, who knows where we'll be like the, the adaption yeah. and progression of technology just in the last 10 has been absurd. Mm-hmm. John, what are you thinking, man? Um, you know, I was kind of talking pre-show with Suzanne here about, I think we could put digital content in a time capsule, but it'd have to be like a QR code printed out on a piece of paper. And then you just mm. never go to the link or make it public. You can only get to it from the QR code. And that's then you have smart. like a digital time capsule thing. So that's a thought I had after I started talking to her. But before that, I was thinking, I want to put one of my, one of the CDs in there. You know, one of the albums that I've made, I want to put oh, one of fun. my CDs in there. Yeah. You're, you're thinking way more sentimental. I'm over here. Like, what I kind am. of things could I do to <laughs> jack with somebody? You know, <laughs> what's what's That's to awesome. say that I yeah I don't put a song on there to do that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. All right, guys, we have an amazing guest lined up for you today. Susan Mariga is a distinguished CPA and fractional CFO, which I am so excited about having this conversation. Mm -hmm. She specializes in crafting high net worth strategies tailored for seven and eight figure entrepreneurs through the acclaimed Profit First system. As a CEO of the Mariga Group, she boasts an impressive array of accolades, including hosting the Profit Talk podcast, where she engages with top tier guests to uncover the secrets behind unprecedented financial success. Susan is committed to helping entrepreneurs augment their revenue, foster business growth, and optimize their financial well-being through sound tax strategies, which is something that every single person that listens to this show needs help with. Susan, yep. welcome to the show. Thank you. And what a timely topic too, right? Oh, yes. Like now is the time. Am I right? Like mm -hmm. People are this is one of those things people like push off and off and off. So <laughs> before I get into like the hot seat questions, why don't you just give us a little introduction of yourself? Yeah. So, you know, I have been a CPA forever. You know, I stopped counting after 20 years. You know, it's just yeah. not 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 as cool when you're like relying on Miss Clairol to, to get your hair dark. Um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> what, what makes me a little bit different is, you know, is that, you know, as well as being a CPA, we help employ something called the profit first strategy. Mm -hmm. And, and what profit first is, you know, we teach our, our entrepreneurs, you know, there's so much focus on revenue, 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 revenue. Um, and revenue is great, right? I mean, that mm -hmm. that's why, that's why you guys are here, right? To learn about how to generate more revenue, right? With wingman. Uh, but the reality is too, is not just revenue is important, but really profitability and scaling probably is important. Mm. And um, this is particularly a passion of mine because, you know, I remember when I first started my business and, you know, I opened my office, I was so excited and my first client walked through the door and like, you know, you guys probably remember when you first started your business, you know, like, <gasps> there's a breathing person that's going to buy yeah. from me. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I remember he came into my office and he brought the shoe box. Like seriously, he brought the shoe box filled with receipts Loaded. and, down. um, <laughs> you guys, um, you know, and, and he literally plops down the chair right in front of my desk and he pushes this shoe box towards me. And I remember like, you know, he's like, you know, He's, he's sitting back. He goes, well, I don't want to pay any taxes, you know, and he, and he goes on and on about the government and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> welcome to Texas, guys. Welcome to Texas. That's right. <laughs> and, um, you know, and as I'm like unrolling his receipts in his shoebox, right, and they're like icky, you know, some of them are gas receipts and, you know, like the ink is fading off of it. Um, mm -hmm. I get to the bottom of the shoebox and there's this thing, this crumpled piece of paper, and it's called a P&L, like his income statement. Yeah. And I said, well, don't worry, sir, as I unravel this income statement, you're not going to pay any taxes because you didn't make any money. You know, you did charity for the year. <laughs> and, you know, he goes away. He comes back a couple days later. He's excited. He thinks I did a fabulous job. He's getting earned income credit, you know, that credit for showing up, you know, that yeah. even if you weren't successful, you showed up. The government wants you to show up again next year. Right. And, you know, and he's like, oh, you did a great job. And, and I think I did a great job. And he thinks he's got the best accountant in the world. And year two, he comes back again with the same shoebox. This guy recycles. Okay, again, I told you we're in Texas, right? <laughs> they reuse, recycle here. And and he goes, whatever magic you did last year, do it again. This year, I don't want to pay any taxes. I get to the bottom of the shoebox, crinkle piece of paper. And I'm like, don't worry, sir. You're still not going to pay any taxes because frankly, you didn't make any money again. 
Um, he comes back, signs his return, and he's going to earn him income credit. I think I did a great job. He thinks he's got a swell accountant, and and we're we're off to the races. And then the third year, this guy comes back, but this time is different. Same shoebox, same shoebox, right? But it's different because now you know he's called me. Like he's sending emails at eleven o'clock at night because he doesn't have any other time to send it during the day. Um, he's you know, I'm seeing his payroll, how everybody gets paid. And like, he's got payroll checks to himself that he hasn't even cashed because he's out of cash. Right. And, and frankly, he's got nothing to show for it. He doesn't own his own home. You know, he's running, he's still got a huge car payment. He doesn't own his own car. And, and even though he pushes the shoebox at me and he's managed to, to joke again about not paying taxes this time, it's not funny. Right. This time it's like, you know, I plan to retire one day and, and I'm not sure how you're going to do it because, you know, you keep having these losses. You're, you feel like you're cutting Uncle Sam, but reality is you're cutting yourself too. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where, you know, I, I partner with Mike McCallowitz. He's the author of the original book, Profit First. And Profit First is just a revolutionary methodology. And what it does is it teaches our business owners literally to take their profit first, literally take your profit first. And, and it's interesting because it's a system, it's not an accounting system. So if you guys go, oh my gosh, I just heard about this awesome, cool accounting system on, on beefy marketing, right? Um, you're going to make your accountant lose hair. Okay. So don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't tell them you found an accounting system. It's in a cash management system. And what happens in profit first is literally we pay our profit first. So money comes into one bank account and then twice a month on the 10th and 25th, we allocate to other bank accounts based upon our designated purpose. So we're going to allocate straight a percentage of our collection straight to profit. We're going to allocate a, a percentage straight to owner's pay, right? Because, you know, when I ask most owners, who's your most value player? Who's your MVP? You know, they're like Tom, Mike, Jordan. They never say themselves. But the reality is the yeah. day that John walks out the door, Andrew walks out the door, you know, that business closes, right? And so, you know, you need to pay yourself like the MVP, right? That's disrespectful to the MVP not to pay themselves. And and you were the MVP, so you need to have owner's pay set aside. And of course, there's the other side of being successful, right? If you drive that Bugatti, right, you're going to have a tax obligation. And so mm-hmm. setting aside for taxes is important because we don't want to be in a position where we're figuring out how do I fund next year's, this year's taxes, last year's taxes with this year's money, right? So we're going to yeah. set aside a percentage of that revenue for tax. And then whatever's left over is going to go into what we call an operating expense account. And this is where you got to make decisions of how I'm going to spend my money. And it's based upon something called Parkinson's Law. And, and what Parkinson's law teaches us is that, you know, the more we have, the more we're going to use, right? And mm-hmm. I kind of like, you know, we're, we're in Texas, I can talk Texas, right? You guys know about the Golden Corral, right? And you go to Golden Corral. I have never felt proud of myself when I left the Golden Corral. You know, I kind of like, no, it's like, not leaving. it's like the walk of shame, right? Shame. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, I am never going to eat again when I walk out, right? Yeah. And and it's because when you go in a Golden Corral, you've got plates lined up on your left, right, middle side. I've been there too many times. You got a salad bar. You've got like pizza bar. You've got like mm-hmm. meat. You've got desserts. Okay, the walk of shame, right? And yeah. and you're eating more because there's more available. you got huge plates. You, they mm-hmm. they take them away really quickly um, and um, and you eat more. But versus like we go to order of dinner, let's say John, Andrew and I go to order of dinner and we've got social pressure. They're going to give us a five inch plate. We're going to eat a lot different. We're going to, we're not going to leave hungry, but we're going to eat a lot different. And that's the same way it is with business and finances. The more there, more that we perceive that's available the day that we just got paid, 
then it's time to go shopping, right? It's time to upgrade yeah. new computers. Everybody needs a new Surface Pro or MacBook, right? When we just got paid versus like having a um, small bank account, right? Where we where, where there's only little, we're going to spend a lot less. And that's the whole premise of mm. Profit First. Yeah, that's, yeah. there's so much to unpack right here because, yeah, first of all, we've had multiple guests that have kind of brought this kind of framework to our show. And it always excites me, but it all also scares the hell out of me. I'm not going to lie. And I'll get mm -hmm. to that part in a second. But you made a point kind of at the beginning there about that. I, I felt this way about my business first. When I first got the CPA or accountant I work with now, I remember being like, save me money, save me money. Like, uh, I don't want to pay taxes. And finally, one day she kind of brought up to me. She was like, you realize that if you're not owing anything, you're not making anything, right? Like, it's a good thing to pay taxes. Like, sure, it sucks. No one wants mm -hmm. to pay Uncle Sam, but it means that your company did well, which means hopefully yep. you did well, hopefully your team did well, hopefully everybody ate, right? Um, and so there was like that moment where I had to realize, okay, this isn't a bad thing. We just need a plan for it, right? Um, yeah. I remember the first year that we all ate, that we did so well, that I didn't know, like, I'd always been broke. So I didn't realize that, like, oh, all this money we made, I can just go spend it on all the cool stuff, like you said. And then when that first tax bill hit me, I was like, oh, shit, like, I don't have, it says that I have $20,000 $20, and I owe $12,000, but that money's not actually there in the bank. Mm -hmm. It's just what it shows on paper should be in the bank, right? <laughs> um, and that freaked me out because, like, I, I remember I had to be on a tax installment, like a payment plan. And I was just like, mm -hmm. I thought I was going to get like, thought they were going to come take my home yeah. and put me in prison or something. <laughs> like I, it yep. freaked me out. I'm not going to lie. I was like a 23 year old business owner. I legit thought I was going to get picked up by the feds. Um, and so for me, like when I realized that there was like something I could do about that, like I could pay, like, like, first of all, I mean, I could do like, you know, what we, what are they? I can't think of the phrase, you know, exactly what it is. Like, like projected taxes where I'm paying in every quarter to account for the fact that I'm going to have a large tax bill at the end of the year. But if I'm paying in every month, hopefully at the end of the year, it's like, Oh, you owe, you owe 600 bucks or actually you are getting right. a refund for a hundred bucks because you already paid everything you needed to pay this year. Right. Um, so mm -hmm. that was like a huge, huge shift in our business. And then lastly, like that, that the more you make piece of what you talked about, Oh, like that thing, it, it goes both ways though. Right. Yeah. When Beefy is doing really, really well, I have fallen victim to just spending it because it's like, okay, we've all kind of like been in a famine for a while. So like everyone needs a new computer. Everyone gets a new computer. But then whenever on those lows, when we're like, oh, we lost a big account or whatever, we're mm -hmm. like, oh crap, why didn't we, why didn't we stack money during those seasons? Right? Like, why didn't we prepare for that? So mm -hmm. it's interesting too, because like I kind of told the team one day, I was like, I work and hustle so much harder when there's not money in the bank. When there's money in the bank, I get comfortable. It's like a little mm -hmm. bit of complacency sits in. You're like, oh, we're doing good. Payroll's, payroll's not a problem. And we all have nice computers and you know we got a new car or whatever the case may be. It feels good. But the moment it goes the opposite direction, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, crap. Like I can't just sit on my butt anymore. Like I have to work if I want to keep mm -hmm. up this like lifestyle. So anyways, there's so much that you said there and there's so much value. So I want to ask this question for a company like mine, been in business for going on 11 years. I love the idea of, you know, putting like separate accounts, right? Profit, you know, yeah. profit first, this, this framework, but like 
when it's already so like i feel like so far gone where it's just like everything's already <laughs> accounted for and it's all coming out of one account how do you slowly start to make that transition into that kind of mindset and that framework Ooh. Yeah. Right. That's a great question. And and the reality is, you know, the way that that profit first is set up is that, you know, it usually takes about a year to to six quarters to actually ease into it. And it's kind of like mm -hmm. the dieting effect. You know, if I said, okay, Andrew, all right, John, we're going to go on a diet and we're going to do a no food diet, you know, um, <laughs> you know, your faces would drop like, all right, no, <laughs> we're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. But if I said, okay, well, what we're going to do instead is we're going to start to cut the sugars, you know, maybe less, we'll, we'll mm -hmm. decline dessert at a table, um, you know, in a month from now, we'll start to like leave off some of these carbs, right? And, you know, then we'll go in the lean meat and then we'll go more vegetarian, um, you know, by the end of the year, we're going to be more successful, right? Because we've mm -hmm. made slow changes. And that's the same way it is with business finances too. You know, you may be in some contracts, you may have a, a lease that you might have a few years on, right? And and so it's literally easing in, it's creating small goals every single quarter. Like, all right, maybe we're gonna start with 1% profitability because you'd be surprised how many businesses aren't even at 1% profitability, right? Um, yeah. and, and then next quarter we'll raise it to two, right? And just keep raising it from there on, um, they're off you know, from that standpoint. So it's, it's definitely not an overnight solution. Um, I like to start with the easy things. I remember when COVID hit and I walked into our, our fancy office and it was a Saturday and nobody was there. Like everybody was working from home. And I was looking at all these like business week magazines, which come every week. And I was looking at entrepreneur magazine and ink. And I was like, oh, these are great magazines, but nobody's even reading them. Like, like they don't even have a crinkle in these, right? Because nobody was coming to our office. Everybody was meeting over Zoom. And, um, and it was like, you know, why are we paying for this? Why are we paying for these subscriptions? So start with the, the low hanging fruit. Like, what are we paying for that we're not using? What memberships mm -hmm. do we have that we're not using? Um, where is the waste? Start with the easy wins, right? Those low hanging fruits and then gradually, you know, create behaviors. For example, you know, one of the things that, that we stress is, you know, avoid those long-term contracts like the plague. You know, as soon as you get an office space, first thing you're getting is a Xerox truck knocking on your door. Like you need a, you need a Xerox machine, right? And, and it's a five-year copier lease. Um, and, and just really, uh, you want to retain flexibility, especially in an economy that's significantly changing, right? From quarter to quarter, month to month even, right? You want to retain flexibility. You don't want to be locked into long-term contracts. So it's really taking a, it's starting to change your strategy as well as getting those low hanging fruits. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. When is the right time to get started? Like if I'm listening to this episode today, I'm a business owner and I feel like, man, this is speaking to me. I need to, I need to make some shifts in the way I'm doing things. I'm always getting a tax return or I'm, I'm never owing money but you're also sweating out there to pay your bills and everything else, right? Like when is the right time to take a start? Is it right now? Is it at the top of the year? Like when does a business owner get started with this? So the best time to have gotten started is 10 years ago, right? The next yeah. best time is today. <laughs> um, okay. So, you know, and that's the great thing about Profit First. Even if you don't have your financial statements together, you know, because, you know, that's a reality, you know, as accountants, we see the good, bad, and the ugly, you know, mm -hmm. the great thing about Profit First is a ca it's a cash management system. So it's literally movement of cash into a bank account. It's physics, right? If you move money, you don't touch it, you're going to be profitable. And so there is, it. today is the best time to start it, right? 
um, is to to create those accounts and just get started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're right. I mean, I think that ten years ago would have been the right time to start. Like, if right. I would have known the things that I know. I, me and John always joke about it, but it, if it wasn't for this podcast, I wouldn't even be introduced to some of these ideas of yeah. like, it makes sense. Like it totally makes sense. It's like, they're like little buckets of places where you're kind of putting funds so that you're allocating mm -hmm. a true budget and you're not just spending willy nilly. So it makes sense. Yep. It's very practical, but it's like one of those things that whenever you're just starting a business and it's like, well, this bank account's already costing me $10. I don't want to open up six bank accounts. Right. So it's like, right. <laughs> You know, it's it's figuring out all that stuff and being introduced to it, I think is really important. What can mm -hmm. businesses do? Like, what are the first things companies can do to maximize their profits? Not just, we, we've only got a few months this, like two months, November, December. Wow. Two more months yeah. this year to do everything in their power to like maximize profits, but also get start getting started with their tax strategies. What can yeah. they do right now? So, you know, and then these are completely different topics. So I'll talk to bo about both of them and sure. I'll break them apart. So, so first of all, you know, in terms of increasing your profit, you know, one of the things that has always just kind of drove me mad was these accountants out there and they tell you, you know, you got profit, you're going to have a tax problem. Go buy that truck. Go, go buy that that mm -hmm. big old truck out there. Um, and, and it's a doctor's office. And, and they're like, I'm an OB. Well, I'm not going to catch a baby in the truck, but I yeah, guess right. I could use a, <laughs> a good, you know, um, $25,000 deduction. But, you know, or they take go, go out and buy filing cameras, whatever you need, just go buy it, right? Go buy it before the end of the year. Resist that temptation, right? Resist that temptation. Um, and so that's the first thing I would say as we're getting closer to that year end, because people are like, you know, that's where that self-sabotage behavior starts, mm, right? End of yeah. year, I think. And then we regret it into the next year and we don't have any cash. Um, the next thing, just like you said, Andrew, is it's sound tax strategy, because there are things that you can do to decrease your taxes while at the same time building your net worth, right? Mm -hmm. And, and that's exactly what your focus should be. It's like, how do I decrease my taxes without, without, um, increasing my expenses. And, you know, for some of you guys that are out there that may be closely held, meaning that you may not have employees, just the owners, you know, mm -hmm. some of the things you can do is something called a Keog um, plan or which is a solo 401k. You can put away like $66,000 in that thing. Right. Oh, wow. And right. Stocks are at their lowest. I'm not an investment advisor, but stocks are at their lowest, you know, buy low, sell high. Mm -hmm. um, great time to, to buy low. And get a $66,000 deduction. And if you're in that 37% tax bracket, I mean, that's going to be like, what, um, almost $30,000 in tax savings for you right there, just by putting away into your own 401k plan. Mm -hmm. And again, you're not incurring expenses. There are places out there that'll give you a 401k for free, right? Some of the yeah, exactly. large brokerage firms. And again, you're building that work while reducing your taxes, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, I love my kids, you know, and they are such hard workers and, you know, and, and, you know, I started working for my dad when I was 14, I was like a bookkeeper for him. You know, I would answer the phone, this is Mr. Chan's office. How can I help you? Um, and he goes, you sound like a kid, <laughs> you know, put those kids to work, put those yeah. kids to work, you know, um, you know, if they make less than their standard deduction, 
which is like 13,900 around that point, right? That's tax-free income, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a high net worth and you're being assessed at the 37% bracket, shift that income to 0% bracket, right? Give those kids some, some, some social media experience, you know, they can shred, maybe start some bookkeeping for you, um, model for you, let them pay for the next Disney trip, right? Let the kid, they want to go. I don't enjoy Disney, you know, as much as they do, let them pay for (laughs) it. Right. Um, you know, and again, you know, it's, you probably would have taken them to Disney world anyway. You probably would have bought that football uniform, but now they can pay for it themselves. Right. Because Mm -hmm. you hired them, you got a smart tax deduction and now they're working for their money. Right. And so again, it's just being, it's just thinking, how do I, how do I save tax money without necessarily increasing my expenses and getting really creative with that. Yeah, that that's so great. I'm there's something I, I think you can explain to the listeners that I learned about within the last few years and I was like, oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Can you tell us about the basis of a business? What the basis is? So like, like shareholder basis? Yes. Got it. So what that is, is um, it, it creates loss limitations, right? And and I know a lot of small businesses, unfortunately, run at a loss. Mm-hmm. And and you see it more so like with S corporations, and it has to be tracked. And, and what happens is if you've got a business, right, you've got a balance sheet, and you've got assets at the top, right? Those are the, the things that you own, like your cash, your investment, your assets, right? Your your furniture, your computers. Um, and those things are paid for either two ways, right? They're paid through through equity, meaning that you've been able to reinvest and purchase assets with your net income over time, right? Retain earnings, equity, or you've taken out debt, right? You've taken out debt to purchase those assets, right? And so those assets are, you know, when you look at your balance sheet, it's assets equals liabilities plus equity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's yep. either debt finance or equity finance. And and basis is really about your equity, right? It's about money you put into that business or you've got accumulated earnings over time. Um, that's basis. And what happens is if you would run at a loss, right, because you've got that million dollar EIDL out there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you spent it on trucks. And um, what happens is and that debt exceeds your equity and you run at a loss, you may not have basis to take that loss, meaning that you can't offset it against other income that maybe your spouse is making, right? Um, and and that loss is suspended, right? And which is not helpful. And so it's important to really when I talk about profit first and being intentional about creating profit, being intentional about building your own retained earnings. I love profit first because I can look at the cash. The cash equals my equity, hopefully, yep. right? I know exactly yep. where my money went. Um, you know, that's creating basis for you to be able to take advantage of those type of incentives. Exactly. When if, was, if ever it happens, downturn in economy. For sure. That that was the takeaway for me. And the reason I brought it up is you talked about how like these accountants who are just like, oh no, you're gonna you're gonna pay taxes this year, buy a new vehicle, buy that piece of equipment yeah. that you might want or you might need. And it's like, you know what? Just pay the taxes on those earnings this year. Mm-hmm. Next year, that's that'll be money that as long as you don't spend it, it's in the basis of the business, right? It's it's equity, which means if you wanted to say go take your family on a vacation and you wanted to take a K1 distribution. If, if you know, you're in that position, you could do that because it's money that you've already paid the taxes on in the mm-hmm. prior year. Right. And that was such a huge thing for me was I was like, Oh, like that's, you know, if, if at the end of the, this year, like, let's just say we have 10,000 in reporting reported profitability or earnings. And I go ahead and pay taxes on that. Well, then next year, if I want to take a K1 
K1 distribution of $10,000 and it's in the bank, technically I'm able to do that without any mm -hmm. additional taxes on that money. Right. So the, like those things like that, that I came across, I was like, Oh, like this is like, just changes my whole mind. Cause I was always in the position where it's like end of the year, spend as much as you can. Like, I just thought mm -hmm. that that's what you do when you own a business. It's the end of the year, you buy shit. No, you don't, you don't necessarily <laughs> do that. Like if you truly, truly need it and there's a benefit to doing it to help offset the taxes. Sure. Why not? But if you're doing it just to spend money, well, then what happens whenever you have a rainy day next year? What happens when you actually need a new piece of equipment because another piece of equipment breaks? What happens whenever you open a new service line of your company and you need, you need to buy a vehicle now for deliveries, but instead you bought some stupid thing that you thought was cool? Like, no, keep the money in the business. Pay the tax on it. Like, mm -hmm. there's a reason why, you know, we make money, right? <laughs> Exactly. And, and, you know, Andrew, we, we all have our vices, right? You know, I'm yeah. the purse lady. Oh, yeah. I'm, I thought, you know, I believe the lady that dies with the most purses wins. And, <laughs> you know, and you can buy a purse for $29. You can buy a purse for, you know, a few thousand dollars, you know, and, yep. and I'm like, oh, we all need a computer bag in a year. You know? <laughs> Yeah. We all need a big purse. So yes, you're right. You don't want to look back and go, that was a really dumb purchase. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I was always that guy. Like I was always going, like the few days before the end of the year, I was looking at how much money was in the bank and how much we could spend. And it was like, what, like, what are you doing? Like tomorrow yeah. is just like the new year in general always like throws me off. Cause it's like, all right guys, it's a brand new year. And it's like, it's just tomorrow. Like yeah. it's just, it's just the next day. Like I realized yeah. that there's like this calendar change and date change and year change, but it's like, it's just a continuation of what you've already been doing. So like, yeah. Why would you make this massive irresponsible decision? And I'm saying that like as if they were, but I mean I realize that not everyone is are making those it decisions. Is. But again, in my in my case for a long time I was because again I just thought that that was the way you did business. Like I didn't know any different. Mm -hmm. I just thought you were supposed to spend the money so you didn't pay any taxes because paying taxes is bad. And I I've realized as I've gotten older, it's like it's not necessarily a bad thing. It sucks. No one wants to do it. Like, mm -hmm. and if I can minimize it responsibly. And, you know, with like little creative strategies, like the Augusta law, for example, like if I can, if I can utilize the space in my house to do a board meeting once a year, cool. Like, let's take advantage of those small little tax breaks, but let's not be irresponsible. Right. So I love that. I want yeah. to say something real quick, because I love that you brought up. It's just the next day, because what I was thinking is, you know, you spend the rest of this quarter, the rest of this year. If you're you haven't done anything in this realm, but you're starting today and you spend the next couple months preparing yourself for how you're going to live for the next year, you begin to set those habits up the way that you want to the, you know, the way that you need to get to those end goals, you begin to put those habits in place through the end of this quarter and then coming into the next quarter after, you know, the day changes you just continue on. Like you're saying, it's just another day. We still have these habits in place. We're just, this is the new way that we live now. And so I think yeah. I, I love that you brought that up too, because I think that's real important. The psychological aspect of it too, it's just continuing what we're doing that is successful and putting things into place that are going to perpetuate that success. Exactly. Yeah. I know like what we like to think about when we're buying things is what's the ROI on it? What's the return on investment? Yeah. Um, and, you know, there are certain things you guys are, you know, in marketing. Um, one of the things we like to see is a 10x, right, on our advertising spend. 
um, or of our sales team, right? And so what what is the ROI on each dollar that I spend? At, and and if there's not ROI, you know, changing that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, from that standpoint is also really important. I know a lot of times we like to start with the backwards, the, the, the end in mind, you know, I love Simon Sinek, you know, and, you know, what's your why? What, what does winning look like for you as in mm-hmm. the day? And, and a lot of what makes profit for successful is it's working with your natural psychological and biological makeup, right? Um, you know, like we talked about when there's more we want to spend, right? And, and when we focus on what does really, what does winning really look like, you know, and we mm-hmm. start to go, you know, I want to retire, you know, in my forties, you know, um, I, I want to do different. And, um, you know, and so it's really what must happen for that to happen, right? So creating the outcome. And, and it's interesting because there's, there's psychology involved, but then you guys probably remember from high school, you know, those dendrites and synapses, right? And, and our, there's, a, there's a correlation between our conscious mind and subconscious mind. And we, when we paint that picture of what we really want, right, it creates those chemical reactions that drive that, re- that behavior mm-hmm. to get those results. And so really, it's, it's really starting to figure out what does the end look like? What is my end goal? And, and working towards that end goal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we could talk about all the strategies. We could talk about all of the, you know, the hacks, the tips, the tricks, but mindset and vision setting and goal setting are far more important. If I don't know what I want to get out of what I'm doing, if I don't know where I'm headed, if I haven't put it on paper, if I'm not actually working towards something, then it doesn't really exist, right? That was one thing that I just had a great realization over in the last year was, oh, we're a small company. We don't need to run a budget like you know a large corporation would where they're like, oh, we've got a $20,000 marketing budget. We've got a you know, X amount of dollars for labor and staff. And we've got, you know, X dollars for R and D. Like we never operated that way. It was just like, oh, we made some new money. We can hire a new person. Oh, we have some money in the bank. We can order that new camera that we want for the podcast studio. Like we've never worked in a budget perspective. And it, and it bit us in the butt a couple of years ago. Everyone in the office was like in a position where they all needed a new computer. We had the money in the bank. I knew everyone needed a new computer, so I did it. Hey, no biggie. Like, wasn't a big deal. Until the end of the year when cash was, we were really strapped for cash. And I was like, man, what went wrong? And I looked at it and it was like, well, you spent a lot of money on equipment, which is not something you've ever budgeted or accounted for. So do you Mm want to have to spend, you know, $20,000 randomly once a year, like your car just broke down to buy new computers? Or do you want to say, hey, let's put away x amount of dollars per month and every three years we will upgrade our computer systems right Mm -hmm. that wasn't something i was doing again it was just more like a when it when it's a problem i'll deal with it then like that's such a bad way to manage your business like you're not planning for it it's like i put money away in case my car breaks down but i'm not putting money away in case something in my company goes wrong like it's the same almost there's almost more at risk in a business Right. Yeah. So I love that you're talking about the fact that it's like so much of it is like, where are you going? Where is your vision mm-hmm. headed? Can you talk about mindset some more as well? Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of mindset, you know, and, and that's a big that's a big thing. Right. It's it's a it's a very large topic. And and I think everybody's journey is very different with mindset, yeah. um, you know, and I know one of the things that helps 
you know, my clients helps me is just writing it out. I know some people do the vision board and this mm -hmm. is a great year to do, it's a great time of year to do that, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, it's to create that vision board and it might actually stop you from spending, you know, and, and mm -hmm. buying purses on December 31st, right? Um, but, you know, creating that vision board is really Im important because, you know, without vision, we perish. So it's, it's important to, to document that, that vision and, and really figure out what that is from that standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, you're right. Mindset is one of those things that you can listen to a hundred different people and they all have something a little bit different to say. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think the reality is, especially in a year like this year, it feels like there's a lot going wrong. As I talk to my clients, as I talk to my colleagues, as I talk to other agency owners, everyone's like, yeah, things are kind of slow. Our customers are struggling. Everything's really expensive and expensive. Inflation is crazy. Uh, interest rates are out of control, you know, like even mm -hmm. the, the cost to borrow money is out, you know, outrageous. So all of these things, which start to make you have like this negative mindset and like negative self-talk. And it's like, this is it. Like, this is the end of the road for us. Like we've made it this long, but I guess this is going to be the last. It's like, no, like it sounds like it's time for doing some self-searching. Like what can you change in your business? Where can you grow? Where can you eliminate things that might be, um, you know, weighing you down. Like that was a, again, a big realization for me over the last year was I like to be that guy that does everything for everyone because it's just who I am. It, it's part of my nature, mm -hmm. but it also distracts me from the core components of what make us really special. I have to eliminate the things that are distractions because mm -hmm. although I feel like, Oh, well it can make me more money. Yeah. But what, at what cost does that come to make us more money? And yeah. it, is, is it really profitable or, Am I just breaking even or losing money, right? So in a year like this, I love that you're talking about like writing those goals down. One of the leadership coaches I have, we have a call every Friday. He starts every call by forcing everyone in the call to go around the room and specifically talk about something that they're grateful for, for that week. And that is such a huge shift because I think that I, I just had this conversation with somebody in my office a couple of days ago. When, when we have growth in our businesses, it's so, so gradual, right? It's like mm -hmm. small wins, small wins, small wins. And we see it so subtly that we don't like always celebrate like as if it were a big win. But losses, right? When we get a loss, it's typically pretty significant. It's like a really sharp hit. So, you know, you lose a big account, you lose a big client, you piss someone off, right? Like you get a tax bill that you weren't expecting. Those are huge. Like those are huge dips versus those gradual growths. So we tend mm -hmm. to focus on those way more than we focus on that gradual growth that we've had for the last decade in my case, right? And so a lot of times I'll be like, oh, like that thing went wrong. And, you know, like I focus so much of my energy on the negative thoughts and the negative things that I don't always put enough, I guess, of my energy and attention to the things that are going so well. The fact that I have a job during a recession period and I have a full team and we're all happy and healthy and we enjoy each other's company. Like those are super big things to celebrate. There's a lot of companies that can't even get their culture together. Right. Um, yeah, this is just, it's an exciting conversation for me because I do think it's important right now. Not like, Oh, that's something we'll think about next year. That's something we'll get to. It's like, why just start doing it now? If you want to see improvements next year, then you have to start making improvements this year. I did have, I did have another question for you because Suzanne, you work with high net worth individuals quite often. Maybe 
you can share with us some uncommon outside of the box tax strategies that they utilize that maybe us, us, us normal people, I'm not going to say normal people, whatever normal is relative, um, can work for the rest of us. Can you share some of those? Yeah, definitely. And so, you know, uh, just like you mentioned earlier, you know, I am a fractional CFO. So my clients typically, um, you know, they start at a million, most of them are at least at two and, and they go up to 50 before we, we start to um, build in their own um, fractional CFO because they, at that point, they really need to have their own internal full-time fractional CFO. Mm-hmm. And I think the big difference about um you know, these seven and eight figure entrepreneurs is that they really hone in just like I talked about earlier. It's not about getting deductions. It's about building that worth and, and being profitable at every stage. So no matter what's happening in the economy, right? Um, like we talked about profit first, it's a framework that no matter what's happening in the economy, you can be profitable. Mm-hmm. You may have to pivot. You may have to ask, what does my market need right now and adjust yeah. to it? But but they're always asking that question, like, what does my market need right now and how can I best serve it? And from a tax standpoint, you know, they're looking at things like, all right, so I've got some extra cash when it, we, we were potentially on the crib of having a, a real estate downturn, right, that that might be happening. And where can I invest, right? And there's something called qualified opportunity zones that are out there, right? And qualified opportunity zones are every city has them, right? There are areas that your county has decided to develop, right? And these areas have been um, approved through the um, U.S. Treasury that that if you invest in these, there's certain tax incentive because we want to develop these areas. Um, and it was developed as part of the Tax Cuts Job Act. You guys probably remember from 2017, we were all up all night trying to figure out how the tax return was going to change with President Trump, <laughs> yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And and um, and this was one of the things that that came into play. And if you invest in these qualified opportunity zones and you're using capital gain money, you know you get something called step up in basis if you hold it for 10 years. So. Um, if I would buy a place like, and it's, 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 you're in Houston or, or very close to Houston. So you, you're familiar, like around Rice Village, there's mm-hmm. qualified opportunity zones. And let's say I buy a building that's a million dollars. I hold this building for 10 years and let's say it doubles to, to 2 million, right? Yeah. Then it's a tax-free transaction on that capital gain because I bought it in a qualified opportunity zone. And and so they're looking for opportunities like how do I build my net worth while saving on taxes at the same time? You know, they're looking at things like, you know, I'm also buying this building, I'm high net worth, and you know, and um, you know, I how do I get some expenses written off pretty quickly? Maybe a cost segregation study, meaning that it takes usually about 30 years for a building to depreciate. And how do I accelerate that depreciation, right? I might have to have an engineer come in and do a study on my building and break it down into different components. And now I can take some bonus depreciation or section 179. And on a million dollar building, I might get a $300,000 write-off that that first year. Hmm. So so they're definitely getting more sophisticated. And how how is this asset that I'm buying creating ROI, right? But at the same time, creating tax benefits, right? From that standpoint. So it's just a a different way of thinking from that perspective. Yeah. This is like something I've never heard about at all. I'm like over here Googling while while you're talking here, because I'm like, she's (laughs) saying things that get me very excited as someone who Mm -hmm. enjoys investing and someone who enjoys a good opportunity. um, I've never heard of these opportunity zones. Uh, Is there... 
Is this something that you educate your customers about? Is this something that you have other resources that people can learn more about that topic? Yeah, so we definitely do that when we do our tax planning with our our clients. And and one thing I will just say too is that, you know, people come to me in January like, okay, I don't want to pay taxes. I want to reduce my taxes. And I'm like, you know, it's not much I can do for you, right? It's yeah. in the year. I mean, what are we going to do? I mean, you've already wrote mm-hmm. the checks. Your books are already closed. You yeah. know, now is the time to do tax planning, right? Because mm-hmm. once the year closes, there's not a whole lot you can do. Um, and so, you know, I think it's important to get with your accountant, do that tax planning now um, in order to have that happen is, is really important. And tax planning is different than than tax prep, right? Mm-hmm. You need to yeah. plan if you want to have a successful tax prep, right? And so, you know, now is a time, you know, I know a lot of you guys are entrepreneurs. You want to be making sure that happens from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of resources, um, you know, that we give away for free, um, I have a chart of what a healthy company looks like. And and it's a common size percentage, like how much do you expect to go to profit? How much do you expect to go to owner's pay? How much do you expect to go to taxes that you're reserving for? Um, and how much is operating expenses? And it's based upon the size of the company. So um, for companies under 250,000, you'll have a different ratio versus if you're a $50 million company, you're going to have a different ratio. And so, you know, if you're interested in seeing what a healthy company looks like, if you go to profitmap.co, again, that's profitmap.co, you'll be able to download that and see what a healthy company looks like and compare yourself, to start to create that trajectory of where you want to go using the profit first method. That sounds like an amazing resource. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not saying that just to like, you know, honor you as a guest, but like, Genuinely, I think it's so important for companies to benchmark themselves and understand yeah. where they stand. It was a conversation I had just this week, actually, with a group of uh, executives in a, a networking event we were at. And I specifically said, it is so hard to know sometimes where you're supposed to be. Is it the right time to hire? You know, was it the right time to buy a building? Was it like, did I have enough, you know, from a benchmark perspective, I get, I get that it's always going to be a little bit subjective and relative to your situation, but in general, what are those benchmarks in which I should be kind of hopefully, hopefully attaining? So I'm downloading that regardless, because I think that sounds really cool. What are some things, I know that this is a a little off topic, but what are some things that people should be looking for in their accountant, in their CPA, in the Mm. firms that they're working with that are going to help them maximize their, I mean, maximize our profits, right? Because for me, some of the stuff you're talking about, I love my accounting firm. They're, they've been very good to me, but they've never brought this stuff up. And it's like, hey, guys, like what's happening over here? You're leaving, you're leaving all the good stuff off the table. So can you talk about yeah. that? Yeah. So at first I'm going to say, you know, I think there's an accountant for every stage of business. Yeah. And, you know, depending on if you're a startup, you might not want to hire someone like Suzanne, right? She's, she can be pretty <laughs> yeah. expensive. Um, but, you know, first of all, it's finding someone that has the bandwidth. I think that's probably the biggest challenge. You know, I'll tell you during COVID, we were constantly getting calls of my CPA just died. Oh, wow. And it was like call after call. I'm like, don't call me. I don't want to die. You know, <laughs> apparently your genes. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, so, so finding um, a CPA that has the bandwidth. And so you're going to want to interview several of them um, to find out. Different CPAs have different specialties. You know, mine is high net worth. It's businesses that are over a million that are rapidly growing and rapidly scaling. 
Um, and, and, you know, they have different, everyone has different specialties, you know, a startup mm-hmm. business is probably not ready to invest in a qualified opportunity zone, right. And have that type of discussion. So finding a CPA that's appropriate for your size, that has that specialty that you need to be in. Mm-hmm. That's that. I feel like I'm about to ask you the question that I ask all of our guests, which is what's your business growth hack, but. I feel like you've given us so, so many already, but I'm going to put you on the spot. I have to do it. I'm going to run the sound effect, and then I'm going to ask you, what is one business growth hack you would leave for our listeners? Hacks! I love that music. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, I think the thing that has made us the most successful is really being intentional, mm. creating intentional results. And it's algebra, right? We start with solving for X and we work towards X, right? What is yeah. the end goal um, with that? Whether it be profit first, whether it be, you know, um, you know, setting the business up for to to really thrive in a certain area. It's always about knowing what is the end result that we're looking for and creating the path to get there. Yeah. 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 This is to solve for X. Yeah, that I Suffers. I just revisited your website right now, and I want to share this because I think that you've said this today, but I want to bring it back up. It says traditional accounting teaches revenue minus expenses equals profit, but they believe revenue minus profit equals expenses. Like, you got me excited over here as a host, as a – I feel like I'm a guest to you right now because I'm learning from yeah, you, right? and, and that part is super special to me, and I value the opportunity to be able to have this conversation because there's so much that – Everyone listening to this show can learn, but more importantly, I mean, selfishly, there's a lot that I can learn as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, and it gets me excited. I'm literally going to get off this call, and between now and my next podcast, I'm going to learn all about opportunity zones in Texas as much as I can because that's exciting. Um, I'm probably going to reach out to you and have some conversations because this is just cool stuff. So why don't you tell people, obviously, you've given them an amazing resource there. What other ways can our listeners support you, find you, follow you, Mm -hmm. all that good stuff? So the best way to reach us would be probably to go ahead and go to the profitmap.co. Um, and um, anytime we um, send out tips, you'll you'll be able to access any of those tips that we send out. So that's probably the best way is profitmap.co. Heck yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Hey, thank you so much, Suzanne, for all mm-hmm. of your time, all of your expertise. All of you guys listening to the show, make sure you go check that out. Download that resource. I know it's going to be impactful to your business as well as uh, make sure you share this episode with a friend. If you know somebody, especially those high net worth individuals that are probably the, the ideal target market for Suzanne, share this episode with them. There's probably something in this content, in this episode, in this show that yeah. they've probably never heard of. I'm at a pretty decent position in our business and I'm not like you know top of the world yet, but like some of this stuff is stuff that's news to me. I feel like that's what a lot of people are going to get and take away from this. So share it with a friend. Make sure you leave us a review on any podcast player you listen to our show because we do not know if you like us if you don't tell us. Just say and if you don't like us, that's you can tell us if you don't like me. That's fine. I get it. Not, every, not everybody's cup of tea. But until next time, we'll see you guys next week. Next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. To get more marketing tips and tricks, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Beefy Marketing. And to take your business to the next level, check out our website at www.beefymarketing.com.